Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome again to a great episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. Why is this another great episode? Well, I'm joined today by Chris Prefontaine, who is four-time best-selling author of Real Estate on Your Terms, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, and Sell with Authority for Real Estate Investors. He's also the founder of Wicked Smart Companies and host of the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast. And listeners, I, as I always do, took a little bit of a look, not just at Chris's bio, which I'll continue with in a minute, but I also took a look at the the website link that he gave me. And I was blown away by the, the family that Chris has in his business. And I'll ask a question about that in a few moments, Chris, once we get started. But listeners, Chris has been in the real estate for over 31 years. His experience ranges from construction new homes uh, to owning a real reality. Yeah, I think that's right. Reality. Uh, Reality. Executive franchise. Realty. Ah, right. Okay. Slight different UK pronunciation then. Yeah. Uh, So realty, executive franchise to running his own investments, commercial and residential. And now coaching clients throughout North America. Like me. Uh, life changed after the crash of 2008 and Chris re-engineered his entire business to weather all of the storms and economic cycles. Understanding that these challenges, he now helps students navigate the constantly changing real estate waters. And today, Chris and his family and team run their own creative financing business and are still in the trenches every single day. And of course, His main focus is helping students across North America plan their escape from their W-2 jobs by getting in the trenches and doing deals with them. And listeners, Chris and the team have completed over $100 million in transactions. Welcome to today's podcast, Chris. Well, thanks for having me, Sam. I appreciate it, especially early morning for me. I love it. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's mid-afternoon for me, so I've got the easy right. uh, shift on this one, so that's quite good. Uh, when I was looking at your 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 website, you know, smartrealestatecoach.com, I was intrigued by the, the family photos because there's some <laughs> great photos on there. And I have to mention this because Greg is the director of revenue. And in true accounting, CPA or finance style, he's the one wearing the tie on the profile pictures as well. Uh, so a big shout out for Chris for booking that that trend. Oh, actually, I think Nick has also got a tie, but his blends in to to his shirt as well. <laughs> yeah. It does it feel like a family? You know, I get the sense from your bio and your website that this isn't just about relationships, you know, physical relationships with family. It's about having the entire team as a family. Is, is that what I'm seeing and uh, believing that's there? Yeah, there's a strong feel there stemming from originally just being me, my son, then the family started coming in. But yeah, there's a strong family tie in both the team and also the Wicked Smart community, meaning the students. Very, very tight-knit community. Ah, okay, great. 
Great. And it, it's, you mentioned students. Um, give us an idea of the age range of these students. Are these students people just emerging you know, out of high school and college, or are these people anywhere on their life journey? It's funny you ask because we just came off of our corporate offsite, and in that offsite, we flew in someone that specialized in marketing. They said, What's the age group? Well, give me the idea. Yeah. We range literally, Simon, from uh, someone coming in as an intern third time now, coming out of high school, all the way to 70s. But the the sweet spot is somewhere between uh, 40 and 55, if I look at the entire community and the history of it. Yeah. And I mean, that's great to hear. And somebody's asked that question as well, because I think when many of us hear the word student, we automatically create a perception of what age that applies to and you know it's 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 important that we clarify that up so now i know chris you're not drinking coffee today because you've got to go and have some blood works done yeah i'm not too excited about that but yes (laughs) yes i bet yeah i'm not a fan of having my blood taken neither Uh, but tell us a little bit about what you drink in the normal working day and what perhaps you're drinking in preparation for the blood work yeah yeah normally uh some immune tea followed by coffee and so okay. today I've got lemon water going on here. All right. So immune tea, tell us a little bit more about that. The brand is called Yogi, Y-O-G-I. I found it through my daughter and it's just, an, uh, it's got like echinacea and other things in it. And I'm always oh. having at least a cup of that and it's, and it's it tastes good too. Yeah. Is that something you start the day with? Is that to get the yeah. immune system going? Yeah. Uh, lemon water, immune tea, then coffee. Right. Great, great, great process to have. And, I've got to ask the question because this is a business success and coffee podcast. What's what's your favorite coffee and how do you take your coffee? Uh, Starbucks, uh, French roast. <laughs> Starbucks, yeah. I, I love Starbucks, as many of the listeners know. And I've got um, one of these pod machines at home that I use in my KitchenAid uh, device. And my pod delivery from Amazon has just been delayed by two days. And I'm on my last Ooh. four pods of the blonde roast uh, from Starbucks, so uh, yeah, I'm getting a little bit twitchy not being able yeah, to have my, keep that my Starbucks. Up. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So it sounds as though you've been on a, on a real journey, and obviously, yeah, there's some commonality in the 2008 banking crisis and the crash when you en- re-engineered your entire business. Give us a little bit of the the backstory behind your interest, obviously, be- with all the books that you've written in real estate. Yeah, so uh, from the crash specifically, you mean? Anytime, anytime, even before that, leading up to it, or we'll talk about what happened after that, but yeah, what yeah. happened around that time or before then? Yeah, well, I led up to it just, I mean, I've been around real estate my whole life. I grew up in a family company that wasn't real estate, but okay. my father in his traditional business, it was a welding supply business, would build his own buildings and lease them back to himself. And that, so I just was around real estate and then he would dabble on the side with real estate. So I just, again, it was around. I started reading books, gosh, maybe early college. Uh, so I've been in real estate since 91, 1991. And then, you know, I did everything from the things you said in the bio. But then when the, when the crash came, it caused me to re-engineer literally like you just alluded to. And that was, hey, if we're going to operate, how are we going to operate so this doesn't happen again? And it was things like no signing personally on bank loans because um, that's what I did traditionally. And that's what I thought you should do. Um, and then no borrowing money for, for deals. So we do everything creatively again, as you alluded to earlier. Yeah, it, it's interesting because in, in all the podcast episodes, that's never a subject that's come up. And signing personally 
on any kind of finance you know was something that caught me out as well so back in the in the day in 2008 I'd got a coach I'd got a construction business and a couple of other businesses and my coach said you know it's time to get out yeah something bad is coming the construction industry is just falling off a cliff if you want to walk away with your head held high it's it's time to quit now and sell off as much of the business as you can which I did and you know I like to think I did it very successfully but it was wasn't until he asked me to sit down and calculate all those personal guarantees and I was absolutely gobsmacked yeah yeah it was it was over um, I think it was one 1.36 million pounds worth of personal guarantees and he said you're gonna have to do something to satisfy all those guarantees to walk away and, right. and I, I took the decision then unless it's something that absolutely there's no other alternative then you know not without exception, but generally my golden rule is the same. No, no personal guarantees, no personal signatures on any kind of finance. Uh, is that something you encourage your your clients and your your students to do as well? Because it's something I know I encourage them to. Do. It's so important, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I give you. I, I try to give real life examples on these mm, shows please. all the time. I'm on so many. The so just two to three days ago, we had a great deal. One of our coaches got with a student. That's how it works. So we have certified coaches, and he he helped the student get a, a tremendous deal on a financing, principal only payments, which is super lucrative. The way we do our three paydays, and at the very end hour, the attorney said, "Well, we want all the partners to sign personally." And two of our partners said, "Not in house." Where we partnered, yeah. said, "Sure." And I said, "Then take the deal. I want nothing to do with it. I don't care how good it is. I'm not signing. It's not worth it." It's just not worth it. And you and I know that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think for the listeners, you know, very often it's given to us. And I remember a, a car finance and they said, you've got to sign a personal guarantee. And I said, you know, I, I don't know if this person's going to stay. I don't know if I'm going to have to hand the car back. You know, it was a lease agreement. I said, you know, no, I'm not signing it personally. This is one, one thing I will not sign it on. And they said, ah, okay, well, we can't do the finances. Fine, we'll do the finance. And they said, not at this price. We can do it at slightly more. It'll be more expensive. It was £3 extra a month over a two-year deal not to sign a personal guarantee. It's like, why would, well, I, why would I risk a personal signature for just £3, yeah. you know, $4 a month? It was just mm -hmm. a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. Yeah. So... So you re-engineered your business, Chris, in 2008. Tell us what that looked like then and tell us what you've learned since that period. Well, so we do everything uh, either owner financing or lease purchase or what, what we call subject to existing financing because all three of those don't require banks. I just don't want to... The banks are going to require a signature with very few exceptions. We know there's non-recourse loans, but so I, don't, I just don't want to deal with that. And we deal with primarily not just with the business we deal primarily in single families so they, i don't want students to go out signing personally on debt and then getting themselves in trouble i just don't want that for me or for them and so for our business when i say our we have a family business that does exactly what we teach in in, in this local area we buy several properties per month sometimes only on owner financing or lease purchase or subject to existing financing um, so those are sort of the rules um, yeah. No, no borrowing, no signing personally, and no dealing with banks. Yeah, and what kind of difference has that made? Do you think to your attraction 
of the students and perhaps some of the results that the students get? It's okay. It's night and day. Good question from from two fronts. One is um, they hear other shows, other podcasts, other other speakers, other educators, and some of them. And, and it's great if it's their niche. It's just not my niche. They'll, they'll teach like go out and raise money and talk to investors. And some of my people just don't. They just don't want to do that. They don't want to go talk to people about borrowing money. And so they they tend to gravitate towards us. Or like you and I, they went to the crash. You know, they've got some yeah. experience and they go, look, I don't want to do that again. I can relate to that. Um, third, they want a community and a family in this case, in me and my family that have been through this stuff like you and I have, because it's yeah. not like it's never going to happen. Speed bumps come all the time. And if speed bumps are coming all the time, how about just learn how to pivot always not worry about, I got to time the market. No, you don't. You just need yeah. to know how to pivot and, and work in the creative financing space. So I think it's super important. And then as far as how that all translates to the students financially, We've trademarked in the United States the three payday system, which makes the model really cool. So instead of you and I going out in the past and doing a deal and getting a check, great, very lucrative. It's been good to me all these years. Yeah. Instead, it's three paydays. It's I get a check up front, sure. I get monthly cash flow, and then I get two or three or four or five years down the road more cash flow. That to me is a great business model for any business. But but that's what sure. we put together for the for the creative space for the students and ourselves. And you mentioned there about the ability to pivot in reaction to what's around you. you know, as, as, a, as a business coach, uh, nothing to do with real estate, you know, as a real estate coach, is part of that helping your students be more aware of what's happening around them? Because it's very hard to pivot. It's very hard to take an opportunity if you actually don't see the opportunity or the, the issues that are right. right in front of you. Is that something you do? Yeah, for sure, because I talk about it openly, right? Mm. Um, uh, one of our four values in our company is clear, blunt, and to the point as far as communication. So we're not the, we're not the platform that says, you know, all this is rosy and everything's going to work great, and then they go out and they realize, oh, stuff happens. So I talk about it openly. I talk about my experience humbly and so that they understand I'm human. I went through it just like they could possibly go through if they're not careful. And, yeah, I think it helps a lot. Yeah. Now, I've, I always ask this question of, of every author that I get on this podcast because writing one book is quite a, an accomplishment in itself. But writing, you know, the, the number of books that, that you have, what got you into that writing frame of mind? You know, were you a writer before? Has it been a struggle? Just give us a little bit of an insight into how you got into these books. I kind of chuckled when you said well, you're a writer before and I smiled. You probably noticed because when I was in grade school, I, they actually put me in a, in a special reading class. They wouldn't let me take a language because of my ability at that point. Right. So, yeah. so to say back then he's going to be a writer would, would probably make the teacher fall over in their chair. But anyway, um, I, no, I, I, I wanted to, after the crash, write that first book, Real Estate on Your Terms, which is basically the meat and bones of what we do. Yeah. Um, and, and throw it all out there, meaning not hold back. Sort of like I just said, when I talk about things openly. So like my story about my son's accidents in there, any trial, not just successes are in there. And so I just want to get that out. And then that led to other people saying, well, I got an idea. Why don't we write this book? So, so they all are geared towards our mission, which is to transform uh, real estate investor lives, right? To, to help them create the life yeah. of their dreams. Yeah. So... And I think that's really important, listeners, to to pick up on because I think people write books for different reasons. And if there's a a passion behind it, great. But if there's a mission behind it, which is what sounds like behind your book, Chris, uh, 
then that makes two things. One, a really great book and also a very engaging book because people love to connect with somebody who's on a mission, somebody who wants to overcome something as well. So uh, tell us a little bit about where we can grab a copy of the books then, Chris. I actually did for your audience uh, a link and they can get it for free. And if, if they're outside of US, they'll, they'll get it electronically. But the, either way, it's the same link. They just go to Wicked Smart Books wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash coffee. And and that's not one of those offers that says it's free and then you get a pudding shipping. No, it's free. Everything's yeah, free. Yeah. It won't cost you anything. Yeah. And as you say, for anybody who is outside of the of, of the US, then getting electronic copies as I did as well. So uh, yeah, and great and fascinating reading. So so make sure you grab a copy of that. And does that give them access to which book or is that they can have a, cho a choice of the books? Uh, they're actually going to get access to real estate on your terms and deal structure over time. Uh, if they okay. would like any of the other ones, they can just message me and tell me they were on your show. I'll take care of them. Yeah, perfect. Sounds good then. Now, you've mentioned several times, and I mentioned it in the in the bio as well, uh, a podcast. So I'm always slightly nervous when I see that guests are fellow podcast hosts because you, know, <laughs> you always feel you've been critiqued in some way. Just explain to the listeners a little bit about the purpose of that podcast, who it's targeted to, and and where we can go to find that as well. Yeah, it's smartrealestatecoachpodcast.com. Um, and a couple things that it accomplishes. We've got about 400 plus, I think we just hit our 400th episode like last week or two weeks ago. Great, well done. It, thank you. It, it, it exposes other niches, not just ours. Of course, I'm biased to creative real estate. But I, I, I intently bring on people that can expose our audience to other things. So it's, it's sort of a catch all for real estate while being pretty centric and pretty focused on certain episodes uh, for for creative. In addition to that, I'll do a solo cast once a month, typically. Okay. Yeah. And in that solo cast, I will bring out things like you and I talked about earlier. Uh, challenges I've been through, things that people have not heard. Definitely not. Even if you've been to one of our sure. events, sometimes it's just a new story I unpeel, you know, peeling back the onion again and again and again. So we do those. And then lastly, we do a family cast where we bring on either a student or a coach or a team member and we interview okay. them so that the audience gets to know what we're all about, not just, you know, business and not just family and not just the deals. It's about the entire Wicked Smart community. Yeah. And, and I love that because that actually getting feedback from our clients and from our students, for many of the people listening to this will be quite nerve wracking. To get them on a podcast and to have a chat with them, you know, who knows what they're going to drop out, expose you to. But you know, we have to be open to that, don't we? Because the nuggets that they can exactly. share are going to be valuable, not just for the listeners, but probably valuable feedback to, to you as well. So uh, you know, I applaud you for doing that. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. And 400 episodes. Yeah, I mean, as we record this, I'm probably about 240-something. So that's up there. That's, that's good going. 400, yeah, yeah, that is good going. So you mentioned, obviously, family quite a few times. I just want to ask you more of a, a personal question then. And you mentioned, obviously, an accident uh, a short while ago. But what what is it about the family outside of real estate that you do, that you find exciting, that you enjoy, that is precious to you? Yeah, uh, great question. I, for my wife and I, I'm 57, as is Kim. And right now, it changes, but right now for us, and it, it actually it's been for several years, our why, sort of what we live by is 
to create experiences. Like it's great for the money. It's great to create the wealth, but it's to create the wealth and the money to do the things that money can't buy. So it's to create experiences. We're presently building a second home and want to create experiences there with the grandkids. We have two grandkids. Great. So it, it's about that now for us and time together um, versus, you know, maybe 20 years ago would have been a different answer, right? Yeah. And you're absolutely right. And for me, I've lived my life a little bit upside down because, you know, I was more focused on the experiences when I was younger because I felt I, I Chris and uh, listeners, you probably not heard me mention this before, but when I was in my mid twenties and I'd started my own businesses, I always had a mantra that I would be lucky if I lived to 50. I'd be happy if I lived to 50. Now I'm 55 now and I'm very happy I've exceeded that. But <laughs> I live my life, as, as you say there, trying to get as many experiences in whilst I was young enough and healthy enough. Because a lot of my family, my, particularly on my mother's side, died in their early 50s. Wow. So, so I always had that need. But yeah. I missed out in the middle piece and now I'm getting back to those experiences because those experiences create memories as well, not just for you, but for the other people that you're having those experiences right. with. Is is there one particular one that you have done recently that you just like, wow, that was an amazing experience that you'd like to share? You know, just the experience of building this second home, it was a 30 year goal of ours and, and to do it now with the grandkids in place and the kids are adults and this experience we're in right now is is a unique one that I wouldn't want to try to rush through, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes we do want to get through them quick and some definitely need to be taking their time, don't they? Definitely. So you mentioned in your, your bio uh, understanding the challenges that students have. Uh, what, what do you say? And I know obviously you're talking perhaps more from a US bias, but what would you say is the biggest challenge or the most significant challenge that you see people facing at the moment in real estate, particularly what the people that you deal with, Chris? Yeah, I think uh, this is ac accurate question or adequate question for anywhere in the world. And that mm. is what comes to mind as soon as you said it is uh, expectations. And, and here's what I mean. Okay. In real estate, there's just too much, there's too much stuff available for free, as you and I know on the internet, that promises get rich quick in different words or not, but they do. Yep. And so people get into a niche, mine doesn't matter, anyone else's, wholesale doesn't matter. And they have this false expectation because that's what they thought is correct, that it's it's quick. It's not quick. I don't know a niche in real estate and I've been at it 32 years. That's quick. I don't. Yep. It's, it's going to be somewhere between six months and 12 months before you even start to get frustrated enough to start getting good. And then it's going to be another few years to, to get to the finish line. I'll tell you what Brian Tracy said in my podcast, and I agree with him. He said, it's a seven year process because I used to say three as far as managing expectations. He yeah. said, no, it's seven, Chris. I'm in my 80s and I can tell you that it's going to take you two or three years to even remotely be good at something. Then it's going to take you a few more years to get better at it and then to start earning money. So it's yeah. false expectations comes to mind, I think is the biggest challenge. If someone would just stay the course for at least those three years that I mentioned with someone guiding them, they'll have a great experience. That's a fact. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. And it's not just relevant to real estate it's relevant some to so many industries out there and we're just right. bombarded aren't yeah. we by messaging and i think yeah. you know at the end of the day instant abs or seven minute abs had a lot to answer for back in the 70s and 80s because you know yeah. we all signed up wanting oh instant abs you know oh this is going to be great but of course you know i've got one of the benches it's still in my bedroom i hang my clothes on it 
and I still have no abs that I, I've been able to see for a long, long while. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it does take time. I'll get there one day. I know I will. So let me ask you a question then about a tip that you can share with the listeners. If you were going yeah. to give people something to take away, something that they can actually implement after listening to this episode, what would that be, Chris, today? Well, let's let's it, this would again work for any business in any industry, but let's be specific for real estate, given that we got all kinds mm, of you know, uncertainty going on. Take what I said for the time frame and let me start at the beginning of that. And that'll be step three. The first yep. step is simply get a find a niche that you can get behind in the in the real estate industry. When I say get behind, you can connect with morally, ethically uh, uh, work, uh, work wise. You, you can fit into that niche. Yep. Um, secondly, Find someone or a group or a club, find something you can connect to that's going to guide you through that process for how long? Blind is three years. Yep. And so that I ended where I where I uh, ended on the last comment, because if you pick a niche and get behind, pick a person or a group in that niche that has been through and can guide you where you want to go. And you put the blindness on for three years, you can't have a bad experience. It's not going to be easy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. you can't have a bad experience. They'll help you through the frustration. And by the way, when I say they, in my opinion, and I love yours on it, I think that person you follow, the, the group, the community, the mentor should have two things. One, they should connect and align with you morally and ethically because someone that destroys their relationships for business or whatever is not something I personally want to follow. And secondly, someone who's been through experience like you and I, because you can't follow someone brand new and expect to go through all the pivots. So that was a long answer, but those are the three steps I think would help anyone in any business. Yeah. And I think you're so right on both of those two accounts. You know, you've got to connect with somebody who meets with your values, matches your values and, and your personality, as you say, morals and ethics, definitely. And there are some that are immutable that you'll never compromise on and they definitely should hit all of those and also those that uh, perhaps might be a little bit grey sometimes. The I think the other thing you mentioned there, Chris, is something we're a big fan of on on this podcast is the Sherpa effect, as I call it. You know, following somebody who has been there and done it so that they can show you how to do the same. Um, but I'm seeing more and more people, you know, because it's it's we're human. We we love working yep. in tribes. Community is such a big, big thing. And a lot of programs that are done for you, done online, you never get to meet people, you just sign right. up and do the course, lack that community. You know, are you seeing more of a move to people to communities and how do people respond to the communities that you have? Well, I, I would have gave you a general answer before COVID, but now mm. having gone through COVID and now back to live mm. events, I can tell you it's a, it's a world of difference. I can even tell you metric wise and financially, it's a world of difference for anyone because it's just not the same. We used to run a virtual events during during um, COVID, and as good as it was to bring people together, it's not the same as a community that is physically together. No. Um, and, and 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 that's again, I can tell you that from a relationship standpoint, sort of glue for the community standpoint. And I can tell you that uh, mathematically and metric wise, financially, it's better for people, and they excel faster and more profitably. Yeah. Do Do you feel that when it comes to a community, as as well as the coaches and the mentors? that having peers that are at different levels is a help as well, because some need a bit of a help along, which gives you know contribution. And some people need somebody who they can see slightly ahead of them because it creates that aspiration. Is that something you see in your groups or do you try and have people all at the same level? 
Um, you're spot on. Even if they're in the same level, they're going through what we call our genius model, whether they know it or not. And that is this three tiers that it's the skill set. Sure. I think we could take a course. I wish it were that easy. Yeah. But then it's the mindset piece and the systems piece. And so if you're in a group that's sort of your level of coaching, but then you have a mindset challenge, you might be jumping out to someone else in the community. You know, we do Slack and we do Zoom. So there's all kinds of opportunities to say, hey, Simon, I heard you also went through this mentally when you started or when you hit this problem. What did you do? Regardless of the group they're in. So, yeah, I think that it's super cool to have a community that has all different experiences in it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, you've given us some uh, amazing value and some things to really think about. Uh, check out listeners the the books can you just give us the the link again please chris so we know where to go sure. and grab a coffee of the book sure thank you a wicked smartbooks.com forward slash coffee great so that's where you can go to get a book where can people go to reach out to you where can people find out more about you what you do uh, where would you like the listeners to go to find out more uh, they can go to smartrealestatecoach.com, the general website uh, and i know you have uh, you put in the show notes the um, the podcast site as well uh, you can always reach me through that or or when you you're doing the contact button let them know you want to chat with me happy to chat great um, so I, I want to come to the final question then chris uh, sure and particularly because you were talking about experiences if you were going to have um your next cup of coffee your next starbucks coffee in an experienced location where would that location be and what would be the experience that you're undertaking well, again, this would differ every six months for me or every year for me. But right this yeah. second, my answer would be Switzerland because uh, that's where Kim and I would like to go next. I've never been. I'd love to experience that. I don't know what the experience will be. I know that that's my next one I want to experience. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I've just come back from Switzerland a few weeks ago. And oh, wow. drinking uh, coffee on the side of a mountain in Switzerland, uh, there's a... You know, I've been to Canada, I've been to this, the States in mountains, but there's something Swiss and something sort of Swiss-French that's slightly different with the, the layout and the whole cultural experience. So, yeah. Um, We're going to have to chat then. Yeah, def definitely. Give that a go. Well, you've been an amazing guest. You've shared so much. Listeners, you know where to go to get your hands on the book. You know where to go to reach out to Chris and also check out that Smart Real Estate Coach podcast as well. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure you'll find it out there on, on all the platforms and on the website as, as well. Uh, any Anything to finish off with, Chris? I don't normally ask uh, guests if there's any one thing to finish off with because you've shared so much, but is there anything, I just get a feeling there's something perhaps uh, still to say or something else that you'd like to mention to the listeners before we sign off? Uh, what comes to mind is just in the real estate market, I alluded to it earlier. Don't think you have to wait. There's no waiting. Get really good and comfortable and confident at pivoting in all markets and profiting in all markets because you can't. That's it. That's it. Be, be simply very confident in that. Yeah. Step out in that confidence, listeners. There you go. Uh, thank you for being a great guest. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Listeners, all you need to do now is two things. Leave as a review of the episode. Tell us what you've done differently. Tell us what lessons you've learned. And of course, subscribe to the podcast so that you can get all future episodes. And I'm going to add a little bit extra. Go and take a look at and subscribe to the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast as well. And make sure you do that. And as always, listeners, I look forward to having you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, 
visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.